welcome to another episode of Experiencing Motherhood Single and Black. I am your host, Kim, and I'm so excited you have decided to tune in and listen. If this is your very first episode, welcome. If you are part of the community here, welcome back. I really appreciate each and every one of you. If you missed out on the last episode, definitely go back and listen to that one first. This is actually going to be part two of virtual learning, a conversation I had with some educator moms. We are actually going to talk about things you should consider if you are trying to make the decision whether to send your children back to school or not. They are going to discuss dealing with anxiety and how they sort of work through it and so much more. So without further ado, let's hop into this episode. For those parents who are, you know, still like Andrea on the fence about sending their kids back to school or not. And I know a lot of you are not sending your kids to school, but if they had an option, um, what are some things that you guys would consider? Well, I told her school with the principal and I told her that I would have considered sending her back had she looped with the same teacher with the same kids from last year. Um, <laughs> because their school is very small. She only had nine kids in her classroom last year. Mm-hmm. And that was the plan for this year as well. But the kids that are in her classroom last year, we all have had play dates since school has closed. So those kids have been exposed to each other and vice versa with the yeah. other classroom. And that teacher had taught pre-K for before. So mm-hmm. I said, why didn't you just loop her with these kids and then you know put the new kids that are coming into school with the new teacher and it was like oh yeah we thought about that but it would have been too much you know confusion or whatever um and I was also looking at their plan from a teacher standpoint of these teachers are going to get burnt out really quickly the plan that was presented to the parents was they were going to continue with the nine kids in the classroom but now the teacher doesn't have an assistant Okay, so last year she had an assistant. Mm. She won't have one. Now you're saying this teacher is going to have to teach with a mask on and a face shield. How are we teaching sounds that way? But anyway, um, (laughs) mask mask on, shield. She's in the classroom for lunch. They're going to be in the classroom for lunch. They're going to be in the classroom for specials. She's going to be with them during recess. There's not going to be an assistant to help with that. There's not going to be an assistant to help with nap time, with potty breaks. So in my mind, I'm thinking from a teacher standpoint, I was like, oh, sis, your staff is not going to last till December. Because that's, that's ridiculous. When so, does the teacher potty? <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I guess she had to phone somebody to come down to her room. I have, And I asked that and they couldn't give me. Mm-hmm. Um, answers when I was asking questions of okay well you want us to send in toys for them to play with right mm-hmm. how is that going to be monitored when my daughter who's extra friendly wants to share with her friend over here <laughs> and now you got two kids with mixed up toys and they were like oh well the teacher's just going to have to monitor that so to me it just sounded like the day was going to be a lot of policing the mm-hmm. policies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus teaching. 
I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to pay nine something a month for you to police if my child's mask is on her face. I need her to learn what she's supposed to learn in pre-K four. But it doesn't sound like a lot of learning is going to be going on, especially in the first six to nine weeks. Mm-hmm. So double that with my child having asthma. Double that with her having severe food allergies. Double that with her being a NICU baby. I was just like, no, I can't take that risk and send her back. So really, D, just looking Mm -hmm. at the school's plan, I guess their plan of allowing the kids to return to school, like what do they actually have in place? How are they planning to reduce the transmission? Um, Are the kids actually learning, like you said? So those are, you know, I think really good things to consider. For me, as I'm thinking about it, as whatever if whatever their decision is tomorrow, because I don't know. I literally <laughs> wrote down on my paper, I need like a, a two week check in, because if we're supposed to quarantine for two weeks, like I need the two weeks out from school to start. Every family that's going to be in the classroom needs to now be checking in with temperatures or something. Like they need to sign that they've quarantined for two weeks, just to kind of reassure me that you're not out and That's about because idea. you know i i feel like if we're his classroom has 10 children in it so if it's just these 10 children like i feel like we need to do a, a two-week closure or check-in somewhere to be able to just say that we've done something if they're coming on campus mm-hmm. and you know i think my son is very resilient young kids are resilient when it comes to this thing but now i'm more concerned about my mother who's a mm-hmm. breast cancer survivor that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need you coming back and bringing anything to Grammy. You yeah. know, so I, I, I'm more concerned about her catching anything because her immune system is already compromised from him because he's just asymptomatic. So, you know, their plan is very thorough. I mean, it's almost like a dissertation when he finally sent it out. And, you know, I feel assured that they have those, um, what is it, uh, epidemiologists on, on there? Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. They have three of them on their, their, their task force. So I feel a little better about that. And they did mention how they've upped their HVAC system to be able to handle having the windows open and the HVAC on at the same time. So there were little things like that that brought down my anxiety a little bit. But then when I looked on Facebook and I saw one mom, I'm like, they're at a softball game. And I'm like, oh, God, why are there kids at a softball game? But, you know, at this point, give me two weeks out before school starts. Everybody goes on lockdown and you check in that you've been on lockdown. Honesty system, scouts honor maybe I feel a little better because we're talking about only 10 kids. So, Yeah, I also saw um, something about, you know, looking at the community spread in the regions because like here in Houston, the risk is very high. You know, we have so many cases, whereas maybe in Maryland where you guys are, it's not as high, you know? I don't know, but I'm just saying like, do the parents need to evaluate the risk I'm totally prepared to be teacher mommy if he goes to school here or if he goes to school there. Like, (laughs) I've made my plan from A to Z at this point. I ordered the workbooks. I got my manipulatives. Like, I'm just ready to go whichever the way the wind is going to shift here because you just just don't know. And I I think that's critical. Um, I would say parents need to be prepared for everything. Because right now, I know, I, I forget who said it, that they're, the district they're dealing with is going out till January. Well, here, where I am, most nobody's committed to January. Everyone's committed, for the most part, for the first nine weeks. Mm-hmm. So 
we all know the first nine weeks is usually, I think, October-ish, toward the end of October. That's the height of flu, flu and allergy season in Northeast Ohio. I don't know how it is in other parts of the country, but definitely for here. So when I heard that, my first thought was, they're not, you're not going to be ready. We, we know we're not going to have a vaccine by October. And again, all it takes is a, a few teachers to get ill. I mean, it doesn't take much to say, oh, no, we still can't. Because I'm even thinking about the things that Khadijah brought up about costs. Like the costs aren't going to change. I don't see what's going to change in nine weeks. So all I'm saying to parents, it may, but you better be prepared if it doesn't. So have your game plan. And then if it does and you, you feel comfortable and you send your student back, then you'll be great. You'll, you'll be overprepared. But to have it thrown at you the week before, the night before, you know, things that school districts can do, that's, that's chaotic. So just, you know, try to, play, like Andrea, you said it perfectly, like just get everything that you can um, and just prepare for the worst mm -hmm. and hope for the best. You know, everybody's stocking up on Lysol and Clorox. <laughs> you know, there's just some fundamental things that you're going to have to stock up on for your kids as well. And, you know, just some key things. Um, and even if they hit the virtual, that virtual time is going to end. So what are they going to do afterwards while you're still working? So what are those things that, you know, the dollar store is a great resource. I've already been yep. on the Instagram page you mentioned, but what are those things? Is it puzzles? What are those things that can occupy your child in the house while you as a parent may still have to work? It is just you, but you're going to need that space to work. And they're done with their schoolwork. So right. uh, your A to Z plan is going to be really critical. Yes, yeah, so I have two questions um, from some moms, and then I'll let you guys give your last words. But because you were just talking, Andrea, about, you know, what happens when the school day is done and your child still needs activities to do. Like the parents feel like their kids are already spending a lot of time with their screens. So what other ideas do you guys have for those kids who may be becoming what parents believe addicted to Roblox or TikTok or, you know, those apps like that. <laughs> All these old school things got to come back. I've taught my child hand games. Remember numbers that you used to do with your hands? I've taught her how to do that. The lanyard, how to do the cobra, how to do the box. These old things that we used to do, how to make those pots when you're interweaving those little string, those um, pot holders, checkers, connect four. I have a whole corner that says board right so you board here goes all the things that you can do there's coloring there is and they have like these drawing books that start you off with like if your child likes to draw like they start you off and then they have to finish it like it starts you off with some nice shading and you know tracing there's so many things think about what you used to do when you didn't have like we 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 actually like roblox and stuff is new like we used to do all of this stuff in your after-school program, in your school, used to play hopscotch, you got rope, like, like we're beating, we're, I'm teaching them, and this is a time to teach them things that the school doesn't teach. Yeah. Sit down and have a conversation. Like, you know how many kids can't have conversations with adults? Yes. Like, just talk. Just talk. How do you answer questions? How do you carry on a conversation more than, hi, how are you? How's your, how's your day? Like, they get on the phone with my, with my parents and I'm like that's all y'all got to say like just developing those soft skills teaching them how to make things teaching them how to fix things it's just sky's the limit think of the things that school doesn't teach and start from there 
there's some easy like no mess recipes that kids can make while they're making play-doh you know you can set all the the ingredients up for them but let them go ahead and make it and then tell them to build something with it you know that there's just but you got to have it all prepared and ready for them to be able to interact with it puzzles whatever it is have the stash like we have a little under little closet and then there's some three shelves like you called it your board corner i like it i'm gonna put that on the door this is your board room <laughs> and you can go in there whatever you want the sky's the limit there's three shelves worth of things that can occupy you in the board room um you know but they're all kind of creative games that are out there pinterest look on pinterest something yeah. as simple as monopoly there are all kinds of things that you can do with a, a monopoly like my son i made him build a business plan like you go figure it out you want to be a chef and if you want to open this business i need you to go make a business plan and i promise you he was occupied for almost two hours and it almost scared me because i'm like what is he doing but when he came back boyfriend had like these are the foods i'm gonna cook this is what i'm gonna do but he needed that he needed to know that this is what mommy needs wants me to do or you know this is my place now for me to get creative because if i never said hey go make your business plan this is what you need to consider he'd have never sat down and do it and he's seven and i was shocked that by the time he was done he had a full-fledged plan on what he was going to do for this whole bakery that i got to cook every week with him <laughs> but um <laughs> you know that it's, it's fine it just opens up that space so you, you really have to look at what your child is interested in and even some new things that they may not be interested in to see how to engage them and i agree with you 100 percent khadijah it's the old school stuff going back we watched pinocchio yesterday and i'm talking about the original pinocchio and i forgot how many lessons i thought it was just about lying and there was like so many other lessons that were in there and i'm like you know you're looking for new school things it's not in the new school it's with the old school stuff that you grew up in that you're going to find that you when you introduce it to your child is going to expose them to so much yeah what about for teens y'all because i feel like they are kind of like the hardest because they're like you know starting to think they're grown and they just want to be on their phones and i remember when we talked to march you know one of the parents was saying that she had difficulty getting her kids to even get outside for you know some fresh air or to go for a walk or be active because all they want to do is just be in the room on their phones so what advice do y'all have for those moms well i um a couple of i have friends with teenage parents um, with teenage kids who are like in high school they really started to engage them in financial management and there are these young people on instagram and social media who are really taking that financial industry to a whole nother level there's this 11 year old that bought stocks during this time and now is millionaire there are like this drop shop printing that is really becoming popular, that they're like really doing business things with them. Like how do you set up a business and financial, like set up your financial success? So that's what I've noticed that um, I got a, that's doing, I got a friend that son just started on-demand printing. Like, like the, the stock market is huge. And it's just, there's all these other things, like there's people creating um, home gardens. Like there are so many like things that, make them independent and then sell their produce and then take care of it. There's other things. I would think more business minded entrepreneurial stuff at this point in time. If your child likes to cook, like Andrea said, y'all selling donuts or y'all figuring out how to make money off of whatever this is. We trying recipes out. 
to figure out what we're going to sell when we're done with this pandemic. What, what, what we do great as, or can we start taking orders, making shea butters and uh, butters and lip candles and recipes. Like, and just like find out what they love and try oh, to okay. teach them how to make money. For the one that's, that's how I, my son got started. We took a um, out school kid biz class, and um, the mom, I believe she's a single mom too, that taught the class. She was amazing. So based on him taking that class, one of his tasks was to do this uh, business plan. And I was thinking, you know, he's seven. How's this really going to work? And I mean to tell you, boyfriend was all into it because he want to make money, but he also wants to cook. So he realized in order to make the money, you had to cook. So finding out what he liked and then maximizing that, yes, it was it was critical, and and, and it it really opened up, you know, our relationship as well. But it gave him something constructive to do that was outside of the iPad. The iPad became our recording tool and taking pictures, but it wasn't him on the iPad. Yeah. So um, I, I really, I agree with you that whole financial literacy, that whole financial management, there are all kind of great, all kind of great resources that are out there. Kids groups that, you know, teen groups, whatever it have you to be able to be involved in, to push forward. I know from his class, she actually started a Facebook group where the kids are now posting their plans because they wanted to be able to see what the other children were doing. Um, so I think that, that that's, you gotta tap into what it is that they're interested in. And if you don't know, it's time to find out. I was gonna say, a lot of kids, they don't know, or they're, you know, they're like, eh. So, and as a parent, you don't know what's out there. So, you know, depending on how old you are as a parent, you you come from a generation where, you know, you were a doctor, teacher, lawyer, whatever. Those were your options, your career. That's the close of careers you knew. So a lot of times um, kids are kids are into something. So the key is how do you find out, how do you get business minded about whatever you're into? So if, you know, if you've got a teen that says, well, I don't like anything, you might take a little digging, but then maybe the assignment for them is, well, figure out something you like. Figure it out. Or, you know, maybe it's something you, you pay attention to what they're interested in and, you know, have them figure out what jobs capitalize on the skills that, that, you, that you have or that you're, you're acquiring. Like there are, there are a lot of teens who do gaming and a lot of parents think it's just frivolous time, but a game designer or even just a, a, a digital illustrator. Oh yeah. They make, they make mad money. My cousin is one of them. He, he, he just did a project. He's doing projects for people that I would have never guessed it. And he's good at it. He's great at it. So, you know, don't discount it. Um, my, you know, one of my children is a musician. He taught himself how to play. So, you know, he, and he sat in his room and tinkered with it. So if you, you, your kid may like music and that blossomed somewhere that I never imagined it to be. Mm -hmm. Another one of my children was really into, you know, I just noticed anything, um, like she could tell me about all the fashion. She could tell me about all the makeup. She could tell me about a brand and, you know, things like that. So just pay attention to what your kids are into and then see, have them explore it. Cause there's a career associated with that. They just got to figure out what it is. But I, I would say with all of that, just don't forget movement. Make sure your kids are getting some time of movement. And it doesn't have to be orchestrated. It doesn't have to be a workout. It doesn't have to be a bike ride in the park. Let them drive it. 
but you got to get them up, you know, as the weather permits, get them outside. That fresh air mm -hmm. is amazing. Um, the sunlight is going to be amazing. Vitamin D is, is a great immune booster. So we get the most of it from the sun. So if you can get them outside and just moving and smelling the fresh air, they'll come back in and be refreshed for that learning or whatever it is they tackle next. That's awesome. Do you guys have any final words of encouragement for the moms that are listening? You're a powerful force. And as a single mom, as a woman, you are resilient. Our history has shown that. The fact that you're a single mom and you're doing it, you're raising your kids. And no, it's not, may not be perfect. And, and there are days that don't work so well, but you can do it. You've done it. You will get through this and you'll get through it on top. And you have great stories to tell. So hang in there. <laughs> yes, I love that. You know, I was just I'm in the process of reading the, what is it? The Atomic Habits. Yes. Oh my gosh. And one I've been trying to get that book. I can't get it anywhere. Yeah. I, We'll, we'll chat afterwards. I, I, I got to, somebody sent something to me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> in the book, what he was saying is like people focus on the goal, but he was more so looking at the system that's in place to get you to the goal. Mm, and so, you know, taking the opportunity to, to work on that system, to find out what's going to work for you to help you to achieve your goal is, is going to be key. Um, you know, take that time to self-reflect on what, what your goal is, but then what is that process, that, that system that I need to have in place to get me to, um, that end goal that I'm, that I'm striving for, whether it be with your kids, yourself, academics, whatever it is, see the goal, but focus on that system that's going to keep you through, get you to that goal so that it becomes a habit for you and it's easier for your life. Yeah, that's good. You know what, Andrea, I think, you know, I've heard a lot of moms that say, you know, it just makes them anxious. So they don't ever get started with trying to actually develop a system. And I don't know if this is something that you ever struggle with, but do you have any tips, you know, for pushing past that anxiety and just getting started with actually trying? Because it's easy to say, like, you know, you need a system or you need a schedule or you need a routine. But like, how do they actually push past that? Or, you know, was there ever a time where you had to push past it and, you know, really focus on developing that for yourself? You know, therapy works. <laughs> <laughs> therapy is good. But, you know, your tribe is good as well. I mean, I think, you know, us even being connected on the Single Moms Network and just that accountability to know that, you know, we were going to be checking in with one another. I'm like, oh, Lord, I got to do X, Y, and Z because there's going to be yeah. a check-in with that. So oh, you know, having yeah. that accountability <laughs> partner um, was very helpful as, you know, as we were reading the books and, you know, things of that nature. It helps having that accountability, knowing that there were a group of ladies that were in it with me. Um, mm -hmm. to, that got me motivated. And yeah. so knowing that, you know, your tribe is here. Khadija, I want you to be in my tribe, okay? <laughs> okay. Yes. I, 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 I yes. want you to be in my tribe, you know? I'm, I'm adding you to my tribe. You don't have to be I my friend. You. What Thank is you. it? I associate <laughs> other levels. But Thank you so much. You, you know, I want you to be in my tribe, you know? But you, you got to get your tribe behind you mm. to, to, to push yourself to want to do better. Um, you know, and it's baby steps. It's not going to happen overnight, but you got to start. 
Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. once you get started and, you know, it, it becomes natural and it's not going to be perfect, but you got to get started and, and rely on those people that are a part of your tribe. I won't bother you all the time, Khadijah, but you are motivational, <laughs> so, you know. As long as it expands, child, we, we got to keep on expanding. Exactly. <laughs> you know, by any means necessary. No, seriously. Um, I think what helps me, I write down the things that cause me anxiety. Okay. And what causes me anxiety is my children calling my name for little things that I feel like they can do on their own. It like drives me up the wall. So for me, what can I delegate? What are those things that don't have to be mine? Like, I think all the time parents feel like all this stuff gotta be yours. You can be a part of your house and not run the house, right? So that's what educators know how to do. Like I said, we know how to be the facilitator and everybody else got a job. Give your kids some jobs. Yeah. And it's not just, <laughs> no, and it's not just I mop the floor. No, no. Your job, here goes your checklist for your job. You get up, you brush your teeth without me. All of this before 8 a.m. Your other job is to ensure that I don't, you, you put away your, you know, you put away yourself, like Andrea said, the papers go where the papers go, the pens go where the pens go, that you turn over, like, I have this physical thing that says class has started. So they turn over this red cup. And it says, oh, class has started. So if class has started, there are certain things I don't want to do. Like, I put alarms in there, Alexa. I'm like, Alexa, Alexa, set an alarm for 8.30, Monday through Friday. Alexa, set an alarm for 12 p.m., Monday through Friday. Alexa, set an alarm. So their alarms mean something to them, not to me, because I used to be like, my alarm used to be their alarm. No, you have your own alarm, and these are your responsibilities when that alarm goes off at 8.30, 12, and 3 or whatever your times are, give some things up. Stop trying to own everything. Give some things and put them on their plate because this is their time too. Not only is it your time to ensure that they get their academics, this is their time to be independent. This is their time. This is a job. It's 8 a.m. Your job has started. That's funny that you say that. I actually invested in doing uh, parent therapy. <laughs> and one of the things that we were talking about in parent therapy, Lisa, just what you were saying, he was like, yeah, you need to give him some incentives and he needs to, whether, what is it that he's into? I was like, well, he's into money. He was like, okay, fine. List the chart of what it is that you need for him to do. And it was typically those things that would annoy the snot out of me. And he's like, you put them on the chart and you tell him how much it's worth, but even what the consequences are when you don't do it. And so then at the end, he has his reward system of what he can choose from based on the money that he has earned. And I was like, why did not I think of that? Like you do it so naturally in the classroom. I'm like, why didn't I just do this at home? But you're absolutely right. I'm giving it up. Like, I'm not going to keep talking to you about the same thing. It's on the chart. You could either pay for it. You could earn money for it or you could pay for it. One of the two. <laughs> it's just going to make it easier. But I cannot and will not have the anxiety and the stress over the fact that I'm having to tell you the same thing over and over again. And I realized just this week, like, I got to let that go. And so even, you know, today he was like, oh, that's going to cost me? Yeah, buddy, give it up. For everything that you left on the floor, there's a price to pay. And when he started realizing it was losing money, it's like stuff just started getting picked up left and right. I'm like, that's all it took. Hey. And if you need to tell them you are the CEO (laughs) of this house, right, of your, your space, Right. You are the CEO, you run, you got to manage your time. This is a great, this is a great learning experience. 
Oh, so if, if I got to step in, that means you, the CEO, you ain't do what you're supposed to do. If the board got to step in, <laughs> that means you ain't do what you're supposed to do. So that's what that means. So you, what you want to do? Comes a whole <laughs> economics lesson. That's Learn right. Services, <laughs> trades, whatever you, it's an economics lesson, whatever you want. <laughs> okay, so any tips for people with the little people, such as myself? Okay, we have a busy box of things that she can do when I'm still supposed to be online teaching, but it's like, oh, mommy, I don't want to do that. I want to sit next to you. I want to be under you. Like, that drives me insane. Like, I cannot do what I'm supposed to do and be focused on the computer and have you hanging off of my toes. So that's something I'm really anxious about, too. Um, I think Khadija has said some, or Andrea has said something about a strong teacher having strong routines. I have very strong routines in the classroom. That is one of my strong points. I feel like I'm a first year teacher all over again. I, this is uncontrollable. I can't control what happens in your home. I can't, I can suggest your parent a routine, but is your parent actually gonna go through with setting up a learning space for you, setting up a time for you to get up, set up a time that you're not eating while I'm trying to instruct. So those are the things that I'm thinking about and it's making me very anxious when I'm just like, you know, it is what it is, but I'm trying to set a routine in my home too, so that she can be a little bit more independent than she is right now. She just turned four, yeah. but I need her to act more so like a five-year-old because <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I can't, I just, I, I can't. So I can't do the, the heavy work I need to do and be a hundred percent four-year-old mom at the same time. Like that is causing me to drink. So if you have any tips or advice, <laughs> I got you, I'm going to be looking to see what I can find. I'm going to come set you up with a whole little area. She's going to have her workspace, and then you'll have your workspace. You may have to outsource her with something real cute and fly to make her realize that the mommy's workspace, it has to be right near yours. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. near yours, but mm -hmm. her space has to be just as cute and fly to make her want to go there and be there while you're working. We're starting on her little space. We got the little charts and the, the, um, the alphabet line and stuff, but she will sit there for a good five to 10 minutes. She's, and then she's like, okay, I'm done. And like, she doesn't care if I'm on Zoom, what I'm doing. It's just like, hey, I'm done. What's next? And I'm like, I need you to work a little bit longer than this. And I'm giving her challenging work. She's working on the stuff that I'm teaching. She's four. I, I can't give you first grade work. I don't even think you can do that by yourself. But it's just like, I'm running out of ideas to keep her busy for whatever time period that is that we have to be teaching online. That's the part where I'm kind of like, what am I about to do? So look on like OutSchool, OutSchool.com. Okay. They have like these $10 classes. And, you know, I'm not going to say all of them are great, but I, out of the ones that we've done, I've only had one that I was like, yeah, that one was horrible, but you're going to get through it. But I agree with you that it was horrible. But, you know, it's just that interaction that you're not able to give her because you're working. She needs it from someone. And so maybe there is an online um, class. They're like 30, 40 minutes, something that just block her day where she can get that interaction while you're working in your space um, may be beneficial. And in that case, she has that interaction of space that she's longing for for you. She's just getting it from someone else. So I'll look to see what they do have on there. But I know for me that our school was a, <laughs> was, a, was a great savior. And we had some teachers that were really great that I just kept 
enrolling in their classrooms because they were really engaging. And by the time we were done, I think he was up to about 50 minutes in the class, but I never heard from him because the teachers were that engaging. And so in that virtual space, that's something that they, they're trained to do. And I noticed that there were a lot of really creative teachers in that, that community to keep children engaged in learning. So maybe looking for some place where she can get that interaction while you're working. Okay. Not the whole day. Small no, because talk. we do have, okay, so I kind of created talk. this group illegally. Um, so we got her <laughs> teacher from, from last year. We're paying sis because we were like, well, we can't send them back to school, So, but we need somebody to teach them because I can't teach her and what I'm doing. So the teacher will be teaching her. I just don't have the schedule and I just don't know if her times will be the same time that I'm on. And that's the issue that I'm going to come up with is if she's done with her virtual lesson and I'm not, you're going to come over here to my space. And then now I'm going to be annoyed. Now I'm going to be off track. And then that creates a problem. So are you, I like, um, my, my son used to be in um, Montessori. And they have like these real cool like Montessori like toys and tips that like get you to use your fine motor, get you to use like critical thinking skills. Like it's just not put the ball in the in the hole, right? It's like a certain type of ball needs to be in the hole with a certain type of like it's very um I forgot the name of the the, the people who usually do it, but Montessori to toys usually come up. I say that because if she can sit with a timer. And you say, when the timer goes off, then you come back to me. And then, like, give her different toys and say, oh, the timer's not up. Or there's some things that you can do that it signifies that she is going to come to talk to you eventually. But she has to wait for a specific time. So it's just not whenever she feels like. Like, of course, if she's hurt, definitely. But it's not whenever I feel like I can go talk to mommy. It's I have a set time because I'm playing with my stuff because I'm doing this, that when the timer is up, though, I could go hug and we check in with each other and then I go back. Something that assures her that you are going to come and y'all are going to have this time, but, but it, it isolates the space. Um, and that's what Montessori does. It creates the space. And then I know when the timer is up, then I can come and do something that I wanted or something less, less structured. Um, so I don't know if that helps. Um, it's been a while since, you know, my children were in pre-K-4. I'm just, but the timer always helps me with my child. Well, my son needs more of a timer than anybody else and getting them accustomed to when the timer goes off that they can have their freedom or there's, they're like, hey, it's our time when the timer goes off. So she knows that if she does this, she gets a happy moment with mommy and more flexible flexibility, but just getting her used to time and space. I don't know. That's just a suggestion. No, that was very helpful because it's like I'm, I'm having to do things that I do naturally in the classroom at home. And mm -hmm. I have not had to do that yet because she's been young since I started teaching. But I do that. I'm, I live on the timer in the classroom, but it's kind of like at home. I'm tired. Here, we're going to bed. Like, I didn't really have to focus on the timer. But now she's older. I think that she can understand the concept of boundaries and space and time. So we're going to have to try that out because I need to get things in order. All right, y'all. So those are all the questions I had. Thank you all so much for coming back.
I really appreciate it. And if you guys have any resources you want to send for me to include in the show notes, um, send them to me and I will put them in there. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. I need a box. All right. I hope these conversations around virtual learning was helpful for you. I know some of the educator moms that spoke about not sending their children to school have actually decided to go ahead and send them. So <laughs> it's funny that when we recorded this, they were actually not up for it. However, I have decided to keep my daughter home an additional nine weeks, so hopefully I will last until January, as I don't have another choice. (laughs) As always, you can reach out to me, singleblackmotherhood at gmail.com. I'm always open to your topic suggestions. You can connect with me over on Instagram at singleblackmotherhood. Like the page on Facebook, singleblackmotherhood, and check out the website, singleblackmotherhood.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, I will chat with you later. Bye.